I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Listeners, have I got a great, may I say great, an interesting guest for you today on Thriving Matters podcast. Faris Arenke is a strategy and emotional intelligence specialist, expert, all-round facilitator of programs that bring together a successful... I've stuffed it up today. I don't know why I've done that. There you go. There you go. All right. Thanks, Ray. Note to self. uh, It's harder than Here we go. (laughs) Listeners, our guest today on Thriving Matters podcast is Faris Arenke. He is all about strategy, emotional intelligence in a successful way of of working, being, living. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation today. Coming to us from the UK. Um, where which is a sparkling day today, and here in Sydney town, we've got a little bit of precipitation, which is just a beautiful way to move into autumn. So, Faris, you're very welcome. Hope you're all doing well today. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. Great to be with you. It's like we passed the baton in terms of the weather. Uh, the UK is giving you all its uh, terrible weather. No, uh, hopefully it, we both equalise. And listeners, great to be with you. And you've got a great host today, but you know that because uh, you listen in all the time. So uh, let's get some great conversation on. Let, let's go. Uh, so, Frankie, uh, Ferris, one of the, one of the uh, you can even have a new name today as well. Um, hey. Ferris. Tell us yeah. what actually put the smile on your face this morning, because I know you've been busy on bikes around. I've been busy on bikes. Yeah, you've got you've got to take the positive out of everything that you do, Carrie. That's kind of one of my philosophies in life. And uh, I find myself with a very unpleasant task of having to find a new place to live uh, at the moment. Uh, unexpectedly, I should add for your listeners and, and viewers, you know, I was kind of asked by my land, lovely landlady to move on so she could move her sister in. Um, so... Uh, it means house hunting now. The uh, you know the UK market, the London market for house hunting is terrible at the moment. Literally, it's the kind of scene where prices are doubled and everything goes in a day. So landlords, estate agents say, "Look, yeah, I've got a great place, but you have to get here today." So uh, I've had to balance my work with um, with house viewings, and the way I do that is by getting out on a bike. Uh, and so I have gone back across, back and forth to London. Yesterday, I went 12 times back and forth. So I wouldn't be anywhere without my trusty bike. And it brings a smile to my face that I'm getting free exercise while I'm trying to find uh, a place to live. And that's how I started my day this today with a bit of free exercise, as I call it. Well, I love I love what you had to do because you've done you've gone and paired up something that you have to do with something that you want to do. And I think that's a great way. And it's one of those thriving techniques that we talk to all our guests about. So 
The podcast Thriving Matters is all about ordinary guys and gals who do extraordinary things in life and work. And at the moment, there are some absolutely extraordinary things happening. Now, you just talked about the accommodation or rental market in um, in London. Well, it's very similar here in, in Sydney. So it, those type of um, trends are actually sort of global at the moment. So we've become much closer to each other. Um, and so that's why I love to have a, a spread of guests from all over our five continents. So you're very, very welcome. So Frankie, tell us about how you got to be where you are today, because I know you have a particular product, a formula, a successful yeah. formula that we really wanted to uh, ask you about as well today. So tell us a little bit about the Frankie story. Yeah, I'll uh, and maybe I'll reveal the formula a bit later on. You know, you've got to leave some mystique, uh, Carrie. Uh, so, you know, what do I do today? I work with teams, as you said, to get them working better together, to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I do that, and I've been doing that for the last three and a half years, is I spent the 12 years before that as a strategy consultant. So I was one of those people who was paid to come up with ideas, really good ideas. And then what I discovered doing that is 90% of the time, nobody did anything with them. Right. And these are senior executives in companies. And, you you know, they ask you challenging questions. Should we should we relocate to China? Should we build X? You know, should we launch this product? And you, you come up with the answer, but they don't do it. And I was fascinated why they didn't do it. You know, and it was because of simple human things. You know, um, there was they didn't understand. But they were too, they were in a position they couldn't say they didn't understand. Or two people in that senior leadership team didn't get on. So there was no way they were both going to agree on the same idea. Uh, if one of them suggested, or they were just doing too many things, right? Mm-hmm. Just life was too busy. And I realized that this is like life, you know, it doesn't have to be senior executives. These th- things hold us all back. Um, and um, and if you can help people through that, just think of all the wealth of ideas that as human beings, we've already created, that mm-hmm. would be unlocked and better things would happen. So I pivoted to do that. Now, um, you know, if I, if I just go back a little earlier in my journey, uh, I had uh, I had moved into the business world in an energy company, uh, before my consulting days, uh, having been a school teacher. Actually, I started as a school teacher. I taught high school. I taught internationally around the world. Um, and actually, when you were saying about how you like having people around the world, I think those were some pivotal years of mine, moving countries, yeah. teaching in different cultures, learning that not everyone looks at the way, world the same way I do. Um, and as well as also learning how to communicate and get through to people because, hey, teaching, that's ex- essentially what you need to do. So all those things led to me being able to do what I do today. Well, I, I have a really strong love of global leaders who thrive across culture, across business and across education. And I think that's the magic. So you're using a, an early career in education, um, moving into a business and the love of culture, because anyone looking at your LinkedIn profile um, will know that you are a lover. You've always got a backpack on your back, whether you're on a bike or on a boat, uh, whether you're in the Middle East, wh- wherever you are. It's, it's a love and um, a real curiosity about people, how we do things um, and how we see the world. And I think that's um, one of the gifts that we've got at the moment. Um, and I think that's being really emphasised and amplified is this notion of curiosity and exploring that for different answers, different ways of, of being and different ways of doing things. So well done you. That's an exciting part of, uh, uh, part of your life. Um, I love travel and I think there's a real reason why I love it. It gives me the space to really mm. think about my values, beliefs and assumptions about a whole lot of things. And yeah. um, 
bring bring it on, every one of us. And I think here in Australia, it um, it's always a, a rite of passage for our young um, our young people when they exit school um, to actually take a couple of years off if they can, back mm. backpack on, and off you go. But I'm finding more and more people who are still backpacking all the way through their life, and it's it's a core component of their thriving. It's a core component of the way they look at the world and how they they earn money. Um, so how all those experiences affect the way you, you know, what it is that you you feel that you want to contribute to the world. So yeah, yeah, and I completely agree. Right, ask ask more questions, find out new more new stuff. You'll be much richer for it. And and just for all your listeners, you don't have to put on a backpack and travel to the other hemisphere. Right, that 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 is okay. That is one way to do it. But hey, yeah. take 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 you know take my example. I'm 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 having to find a new flat. So part of my brain is, do you know what? I could go and just find a flat two doors down and live in the same area. But why don't I try a completely new part of London that I'd never lived in? See what that's like, right? Experience an adventure in my own backstep. And I do this all the time in my life. What if I took a different route home? What if I brushed my teeth with my left hand? I'm right-handed. What if I tried a new skill? So every month I try something new because I like pushing my own boundaries. So I learn more um, and you don't know what you don't know. Oh, that's look, and for me, that's um, that's a real technique. Some people are, are able to do it um, uh, more frequently than others, but I think if we're talking about how we thrive in life and work, which isn't always easy, that notion of of putting the backpack on and and you know walking walking out, going, catching whatever it is to a new place, it just sparks up our our exploration and our curiosity. Um, and often it's an area where we've made an assumption about um, and we go we go into it and go, you know what? actually maybe I actually had the wrong impression about this or why did I why did I make that assumption? What's it based on? Is it the media? Is it you know you know is it my family of origin all that type of stuff? So it's an interesting concept and one of the skills that we all need, um, all the research and literature is telling us that we need, as we move to 2030, is that we are continuing to explore. So explore our own self-awareness, explore how we work with others, but also explore the cultures and, and the business, the, the traditional way of doing things for a new time. And I think that's uh, that's wonderful. So Frankie, mm. uh, um, Ferris, sorry, I don't know why I've just done that twice. <laughs> Listeners, you <laughs> must think I'm a maniac today. So... Uh it's all right, Carrie. I, I get I get all sorts of names. Uh, having lived around the world um, and having a name like Faris, which isn't isn't a, you know necessarily a typical name. It is a typical name if you live in the Middle East. I've been called loads of things when I've lived in Latin America, when I've lived in Southern Asia, um, and so uh, I think you got, went for Frankie because my surname's Aranki, and uh, it's <laughs> it's a natural thing to do. So it's an alliteration. And listeners, you can't see my face, but I, I'm bright red. Uh, that's exactly what I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed though I'll fess up and uh, you're a good sport so one one of the one of the uh, thriving habits we all have is this sense of humor this sense yeah. of of um, self-efficacy really and being able to have you know understand a joke or a mistake and not take it personally so we've just we've just exhibited <laughs> It's a live demonstration. It's almost like we have this plan. Right, I, I know. But I'm thinking about your your life. Now, you've talked yeah. about how you started off as a teacher, moving into corporate, yeah. being yeah. a strategy consultant. Now you you doing your own, uh, you have your own business. What was, what made an impact on you to move through all those? 
Was there someone who was a mentor, perhaps a situation or a change that occurred in your life that was that actually was had a huge effect? Was it quite deliberate on your part? Um, so to help us understand what it was. Yeah, it was deliberate. I think there's a couple of there's two parts to this answer really. There is, you know, it was deliberate, um, really. And um, it, you know, the, the the meta you said, did I have a mentor? Did I did I have an inspiration? Um, I did overall. You know, I looked at my my parents, my dad in particular. You know, uh, then um, and my dad had pivoted and overcome challenges in his own life. You know, he'd been a he'd been an uh, immigrant from a from a foreign country into the UK and had uh, multiple careers and and uh, and reinvented himself to mm-hmm. uh, you know more out of thriving i'd say than 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 uh, your choice whereas i had the luxury of choice you know i thought hey i want to try this uh, oh this has been great you know and each of each of those uh, pivots had a specific trigger you know but it was all about pull rather than push uh, you know, I was like, okay, I've done this. I, and it's kind of linked to my, hey, let's try a new adventure. I was like, I, okay, what's next? How can I build on this? How can I keep some momentum? So, so there was a specific pivot, but you need support and you need, you mm. need uh, things at each of those. And I can, I can all, now in hindsight, I can trace at each of those pivots, who helped me along the way? What was the thing? You know, so let's just take the last one. I was working for a company. I was doing very well, very successfully. You know, I had a well-paid job, but I decided to leave that behind and set up my own company. Mm-hmm. And the person I, I attribute with helping the most with that was actually a, a career coach I was working with at the time who helped me piece together that I wasn't mentally stimulated. I was kind of just going through the motions in the job. So mm-hmm. although I enjoyed the people, I was well-paid. I wasn't getting actual day-to-day you know, mental stimulation, pleasure from the job. And with her help, seeing that was very impactful. And then, so then the natural question was, what would give me that pleasure? What what should I be doing next? Um, and she, she you know, used some techniques with me and helped me identify that. And that was what created me enough um, uh, momentum to leap and, and clarity on what to do next. Uh, and so the momentum to leap is also part of a, a thriving strategy as well, because there are days when that that leap feels just so monumental that you can very easily go back a few steps. Um, so do you remember any one of those strategies in particular? The questioning, I, I always love a good question. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So if I if I if I open up, you know, share a little bit more about that is so once we had identified that I was I, she said, OK, um, what I want you to do is work out what you like and what you don't like about your job. Mm-hmm. And I, I immediately, like anyone who's thrown, I was like, OK, let me get a pen and paper. She said, no, 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 let me stop you. Right. If you do it now, it's artificial. It's you thinking what you like and what you don't like. What I want you to do is a lifetime exercise. So what the next six weeks while you're working. Anytime you bring it, have a smile on your face, the very question you ask me, or you're enjoying something, stop, pause, write down on, on a piece of paper. What has made you smile? You know, is it talking to people? Is it analyzing numbers? Is it doing some research? And she said, similarly, keep another piece of paper. Anytime you are like, this is terrible. You know, I'm not enjoying this at all. Write down what it is you're doing, right? After six weeks, we'll have a look at those two lists and that will be, that will give you greater clarity. And sure as, you know, sure as anything, after six weeks, I had two yeah, comprehensive lists. And I looked at them and said, okay, that's what I like. That's what I don't like. All right. Uh, and so then the next question was, okay, how can I do more of that and less of that? What job offers be that? Again, I was very naive. I started to think, okay, let's have a look which job does that. Uh, I couldn't find anything that fitted my unique list. So you know, she naturally said, well, why didn't you, why don't you build something? What would stop you from building something that gives you most of what you like on that? And as little of that, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. 
you know, so sometimes yeah. the idea, yeah, it's steering you in the face. And, you know, in this case, that's what a great coach does. They help you uh, think it through and straight and, and structure it. But um, yeah, but if you don't, if you don't actually honestly answer those questions, as in do it in real time, if you do it as an artificial, what you think is the answer, you'll lead to um, a different conclusion. Mm, isn't that great? That's a, a, a fabulous process. Some really good questions, but it gave you a length of time to actually reflect on, just to be present, to tuning into what where the joy was and where the uh, where the you know there was no love lost um, in, yeah. in what you were doing. Yeah, and that really gets into that gets into the nitty gritty of who you are, like your internal combustion <laughs> engine, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I discovered doing that. It's not a, it's not an easy exercise, but b, it's not something a lot of us do, right? You know, mm. after I left, um, you know, and I'm a strategist, and I and I work with people, and I was like, why didn't I do that to myself? Well, it's hard to read your own label sometimes. It's hard, and it's hard to create space to stop and do that for yourself. So having external support, and as I said, when I left after six months. I discovered about 30 people came from my old company, came to me and said, hey, can I grab a coffee with you? I'd love to hear how it's going. Now, while my ego was like, oh, they want to hear all about my my thing, oh. it was actually about them. It was about them. They weren't enjoying where they were. So they had the beginning of the process that I'd been on. They realized they weren't happy and they wanted to hear from somebody who had made it out. Oh. Yeah. What, what was life on the line? And it made me realize how many people are just head down for one reason or another. And it's not, not, it's not necessarily wrong to do that. Sometimes you have to do that. But not enough of us stop and say, hey, is this working for me? What would be working for me? And let, let me really answer that. I noticed just on that point, and this is a little, this is a little bit of an aside, there's a new movie that's just being released uh, hmm. featuring Bill Nye. Now, I can't remember the name. but is most it about people... He's the worker in the council. And that's he... it. Yeah. Yeah, it's living. And he, he is called by his fellow workers, he's called the zombie. And it's it's about this zombie reawakening into a person who's enjoying life. Now, I think that would be uh I mean that, that's the type of thing. I'm quite visual, so I don't mind a movie. Um and there'd be I'm not sure if it's based on a true story, but be interesting. And of course, in the marketing for the movie, it says the the role of Bill Nye's life. He's done it. They reckon he's done it so well. Um, and I just went, we're really in our own movie. We're in our own story, aren't we? And yeah. um, all those colleagues of your previous colleagues of yours coming to have a coffee with you, having a chat. It would it wouldn't surprise me that they they did that because they'd be they'd be part of them going. Well, if Barris can do it. I can do it, you know, or can I do it? I, ne I need to check in. How hard is it going to be? And it's not until you start doing, working for yourself um, that you realise that there are days when it is it is bone hard. Other days there's, lo there's lots of joy. But once you get the rhythm, once you get the, the whole formula going, um, it's it's just the job that you love to do. It's not, it's not a job anymore. It's what you love to do. Mm. Um, Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, listeners, you've heard of a, a couple of great strategies here. And I love the fact that when you talk to someone who is a coach or uses a coaching methodology in their work, when they tell you that they have their own coach or have a, have a number of coaches, they are experiential learners. And they're not just sprouting, you know, all the words telling you what to do and that they're actually doing it themselves. They're in there get, getting down and dirty. So I love that. Now, 
I want, I'm curious now, our listeners will be curious also about your success formula. So yeah, why don't we move to that? Let's talk about that. So I have a formula and, and this is totally appropriate for a guy who used to be a math teacher. You've got to have a formula. Okay. Uh, and uh, what does my formula say? It says, if you're going to be successful in life, right, you need to know, A, what you're aiming for. So have a goal, have a goal, have a vision. That's what that's the strategist in me. But to, to unlock that goal, that vision, that success, you need three components. You need IQ. OK, yeah. IQ, intelligence, creativity, the ability to come up with good answers, like how to get you there. All right, the best idea. You then need EQ. That is the ability to, that's emotional intelligence, the ability to take others on the journey with you. Okay. Yeah. Because a great idea, this is plays to what I said earlier, a great idea is just something on a piece of paper. If people don't buy into it, it's not going anywhere. Right. And the third part is FQ. And many of your listeners won't have heard of FQ. It sounds a bit rude, but it's not. It's focus quotient. Right. And this is the ability to focus on delivering that idea. Mm. Okay. Too many of us start something like New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this, but we don't have to focus. <laughs> okay it's not discipline it's focus is what i talk about to deliver on it so you need those three components they're not additive you can't say hey i've got loads of iq therefore i don't need the other two you need all three iq times eq times fq and that's how i help businesses uh, i work out which they're deficit in and i help you know almost like a protein shake for that area oh i like that i like the protein shake yeah yeah i think that's a good one um i work in metaphors <laughs> so um yeah. I, I often think you know um, what is it that um, that we we need to? What what are the necessary ingredients? Um, and so you're you you've trademarked that that uh, formula, haven't you? I have. Uh, there is a side story to that. I'm currently in a trademark dispute, Harry. But uh, that's something uh, you know you don't expect as a small business, but you you just have to deal with, right? You know, there's a um, and um, yeah, hopefully it will be successful. Well, there those. I mean, thanks for um, using that as as a as an example because, Ferris, they're the little they're the hiccups, they're the bumps in the road that often derail people who actually are working for themselves. Um, but they're the same sort of things that derail anyone in a leadership role when when the project's going skew if when the the uh, initiative or the strategic plan um, that's been entrusted to you and your team um, isn't isn't getting the results that it that it needs. So that's um, I think that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, I, I, I regularly do ex an exercise with teams uh, called a pre-mortem. Have you heard of a pre-mortem before, Karen? No, I'm curious. A pre-mortem. A pre-mortem. So a pre-mortem is where you take any idea, any strategy, any product, anything new, and you assume it's failed. Okay. You go, right, this new product you want to launch, it doesn't work. Let's spend the next hour coming up with every possible reason it hasn't worked, right? So you do a, a negative brain swarming activity, <laughs> right? It's fantastic, you, you know, because once the team get into it, they start coming up with brilliant ideas, right? And it really gives a platform for the people who are negative in your team, like, you know, doomsayers that normally people say, True. shut up, right? True. So you get all these ideas out and then you said, okay, of these, what are the five we're most worried about? Okay, how do we make sure they never happen to us? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's better to do this at the start and kind of fix all those things and, and, and find those potential bumps in the road and and lay cement over them. than have them actually come up to you during, you know, your project, your strategy, and they're a lot harder to deal with them. So it's a fantastic use of an hour of a team's time. Wow. You can use it as a way to team bond, energize, yep. uh, stress test, uh, and it gives you such rich outputs. Well, it's it's I often um, think that we don't use the 
um, the notion of scenarios enough. Um, just as the pandemic hit, I, there was a big report on education that came out. And they, what they actually had done in it was talk about a scenario of a pandemic and amongst other things and then what the response would be how what you would have what you know what a team or a, say an education um, facility would do or a large organization how you would respond what would you need to put in place and i often think that our businesses and organizations don't and um and our entrepreneurs don't necessarily think about what's going to go wrong and how we can you know set up a way to um, be able to cope with the risks of that. Um, yeah. Be, be proactive. Yeah. It's a bit like um, what I talked about with my coach, right? It, when companies do do it, they do it as a they do it as a artificial exercise where they go, okay, let's just sit and think, you know, uh, what might happen, right? And it's very hard to think of actual things because it's a it's a theoretical exercise, which is why doing something like a a pre mortem or I do a lot of war gaming with companies, which is sort of similar, but it's where you play out. A strategy how might your competitors react right and actually you said pandemic i've done a lot of pandemic i worked on the pandemic uh, uh, back in 2008 and 2009 here in the uk that's a different story i was working yeah. for the and i actually had to do a war game there um and the beauty of a war game is it puts people in the situation they're super you know experiential so they come up with actual better ideas rather than if they just sat going oh how might this work you know let me try and imagine it um so yeah that that you know making it live linking it to what you said about active learning mm. you know really doing stuff is a much more powerful tool uh, mm. than just um ignoring it or doing it in a bland environment but you know the 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 bonus here is that you've got your team or the people that you're working with they're actually getting to know each other far better they're actually they'll know each other's um you, you know productive and unproductive behaviors um, they'll know exactly how they'll react in certain situations under pressure. So uh, getting getting the negatives out, I think, or the pessimistic thinkers or the below-the-line thinkers, whatever you want to call them, um, the, the yeah. getting that out and, and up gives gets people, um, gives them an opportunity to actually get some energy out from it as well. Um, yeah, and it's a classic example. Of, like If you did that exercise on your own, you're just, you're just feeding your IQ. You might get some answers. But by doing it as a team event, it's IQ and EQ. Yeah. You're getting... You're getting some team bonding. You're understanding each other more. So, you know, I always look at things like that. How can we add more EQ into it? How can we add more more FQ, you know, and take what, what some very smart people are doing, but do it a little bit better, a little yeah. bit smarter? Well, this is really game-changing, isn't it? Um, it's game-changing for people, the personal aspect, but also for businesses, um, projects, whatever. It, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well done. You must have a lot of fun. I'd say I do I do and I, it never it always brings a smile to my face so when I do war games and war games can be very interactive mm. uh, I remember once I was doing a war game with a very senior board of an energy company here in Europe and uh, the only day they could do because they're very senior people we had to book it like six months in advance was a Friday so we worked all day Friday simulating these how they're competitive and it, it was like 9 p.m on the Friday and the CEO said I want to play one more time Faris that was so fun <laughs> and I said I had to say Niall it's it's 9 p.m. We've been here eight hours. Let's send everyone home. I don't care how much fun. And literally, see, it was like telling a child we had to stop playing his video games. So he was like, oh, okay, but can we do this again next year? Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. The team enjoyed it. Um, and so I, it always brings a smile because that's the kind of reaction I get when you when you do one of these. That, that people just, yeah, it's very, very experiential, very fun.
Oh, it would be interesting to see if you actually had a two-day or whether the overnight and doing it the following day, there was a difference because oh, of there, yeah. the, the momentum from the day before. Yeah. Yeah, there always is, and I, you know, I could talk about these for a very long time. There always is, there's always a, a an evolution and a momentum throughout mm. the day because what happens the first time you play a game, um, everyone just thinks the way they always think. So they mm. don't shake it up. They don't, it's only when you see other people do something, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I could do that. Or I didn't realize that, you know, and I've got a great story going back to the pandemic. The first war game I ever played, I played it with senior executives and it was very boring. We didn't learn anything. So I immediately went and grabbed a team of graduates and I said, would you like an opportunity to beat your bosses? And they said, yes. And I said, here's the scenario. And the first question they asked me is, can we cheat? I said, yes, it's a global pandemic. It's a war game. You can do whatever you like. They're like, okay, let's start stabbing other competitors in the back. Let's like, you know, gang up. And so they did this in the first game. And the, and the leaders said, that's not fair. They're not playing by the rules. I said, it's a pandemic. There are no rules. And they were like, well, if they're doing that, we're doing this. And I was like, brilliant. Now we're learning. Now we're testing new things. That's the whole point of this game. If, if I hadn't brought this new group, we would have had to learn nothing new, really. And that well, always happens. That, well, it's like playing, I, it's similar to playing with your grandchildren. I got into trouble a little while ago. I had a Minecraft lesson by a seven-year-old. And at one point, he got so frustrated with me. He said, Carrie Ma, will you stop knocking me over? I'm trying to protect you. Like he was so, so adamant. And I went, oh, I said, well, you have to think, you have to think that this is the first time I've ever done this. You're, you're an expert. You're an expert on this, and he has no inhibitions. He hasn't learned anything about it. He's just in there going, going. Um, and I'm just going, and I actually quite enjoyed it. I said, I'll have some more lessons. And he sort of rolls his eyes and goes, Oh my gosh, she's a nightmare, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then it's a similar, it's a similar thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So look, I'm wondering what you're reading at the moment. Do you have anything on your on your desk, in your backpack that you're reading? I do, I do. Do you know what? I recently, um, um, I recently managed to cram a holiday in, which uh, you may know, Carrie, as a, as a small business owner, is tough to do. Yeah. And I read probably my first non, uh, my first fiction book in about a year. Um, oh. It was actually quite a quite a heavy tome. Actually, it was a book called uh, A Little Life that a friend sh shoved into my hands and said, "You've got to read this." Uh -huh. uh, and so that that got me thinking. That so that was that that was the latest. Um, fiction book I read the latest fact book uh another book I've had on my on my bookshelf for a while is um the uh, atomic habits right uh, James oh, Clear yeah. um you know uh I thought do you know what? I'm finally going to get around to reading this uh it's good. And, yeah, yeah. It, of course it's good yeah, he, he, yeah you don't sell that many copies you don't talk about stuff um yeah. but yeah and it's a great book for me it's a great book I read a, a like a chapter or two just yeah. before going to bed every yeah. night you know a great time to reflect and work on it well, his uh, his newsletter is actually very clever as well. Um, what what he how he follows that up from Atomic Habits. Um, but thank you thank you for that because often um, you, there's some real gems that come out of uh, what it is that we're reading. What's what's that stack of books behind, you know beside the bedside uh, bedside table? Um, I had someone the other day say um, uh, tell me one of the girls, Ron Williams said to me, I love poetry, so she's been reading some Indigenous poetry. And um, she said, I have always loved it, even as a young girl studying poetry at school. And now she's got, she said, it's, I actually can go, I can immerse myself into it. Um, but everybody loves something different, you know? Um, and, and that's what it's all about. It's, and it adds to our learning. So there's this 
learning that we can do together, learning that we do individually for our own self-development, but also that, in, you know, asynchronous or synchronous learning, whatever, you know, you're learning today, having a look around London on the bike for a new application, yeah. massive learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And learning is such an important thing. You know, if, if, if you take the listeners back, that's why one of the reasons I set up my company. So one thing I do every day is I, I, I block up, I chunk up my days, right? And I have six activities that I do. And one of them is called absorb. It's the absorb phase of my day, which is learn new stuff, absorb new stuff. And uh, so the reason I don't read a lot of books is I read a lot of articles. Yeah. You know, I love reading, but reading, if you don't do something with it, it's my mantra, then it's, you know, it's, it's, just going to evaporate from your, your your brain right so you know human beings forget 70 percent of what they learned within the last 24 hours so how do you make it stick you've got to be an active learner and i learned this i learned this fairly recently or late on in my life right you have to do something with it so if you're if you're a um, uh, a writer yourself write it in your own words rewrite it you know 50 times 100 yeah. times and then it, then it will stick if you're a doer, go and do it whatever you just read go and try it out you know if you've learned about a new golf swing go and try it 100 times if you're a talker, go and talk someone else through it, what you've just learned a hundred yeah. times. So I absorb for an hour and then I often, I'm a, I'm a writer and a talker. I will rewrite it. I'll summarize it uh, often on my LinkedIn for me, right? Yeah. But what I found is, and this is where the working smart is, other people value that. They're like, well, that was a great article. Either I'm going to read it or I can read your summary and I now know what you've, you've just explored. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a twofer, right? I learn and I, I attract other people and help them um uh or i go and give a talk about it you know and incorporate it into one of my talks or, or one of the podcasts that i'm lovely invited on so so yeah you know go learn more stuff but go and do something with it afterwards is is what i'd say to all your listeners but but listeners you've just heard uh Ferris talk about a number of his strategies that he uses to actually learn to experience and then to distill so that he can then do more with it um, pass it on to others. So I think there's some some great things there that uh, we've talked about today. Is there anything around your business is called uh, Shigeto Consulting? Shigeto, yeah, yeah, yeah Shigeto yeah. Consulting. Yeah. So is there is there a purpose, um, a meaning to the name to the name that, that there, is, there is? In yeah. There is, of course, Kari, uh, you know, so Shia Ghetto for your listeners is a Japanese word and any Japanese speakers out there. The Shia Ghetto is a sharpening stone. So if you have a dull knife, you use a Shia Ghetto to sharpen it. In fact, it, there are many types of uh, sharpening stones in Japanese culture, but the Shia Ghetto is for the finest sharpen, the final sharpen. And um, that's a metaphor for my business. I help sharpen other mm. individuals and other companies, make them because let's be honest i'm not often teaching them new stuff i'm reminding them of what they might already know and bringing back their own sharpness um uh, and uh, we do that through the equation we do that um and um it, it it all came to me as a name one day while i was making lunch and my my japanese knife was dull and i reached for my shia ghetto didn't know it was called the shia ghetto at the time and i said do you yeah. know what this is a perfect metaphor for my company what yeah. the hell is this I then lost about four hours of my life reading about Japanese culture online because the Japanese have whole websites dedicated to, oh. to sharpening stones. Uh, but it was a worthwhile investment of my time. And, and that's that's the name of my company. You've just brought up an image of huge samurai swords um, and, you know, then uh, Japanese chefs with all their. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I, I work in the images, but that's that is a beautiful, a, a beautiful um name for your for your consulting work and uh, your company work um and it works so well in with your your success formula 
Perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> right. Well, look, I'm going to ask you now, last question. Is there something yeah. we should we should mention today, we should talk about that we haven't already spoken about? Is there something that you'd love to share that you think we've missed? I mean, hey, Carrie, I, I get the sense you and I could could carry on talking for another, you know, four hours, uh, like like Japanese sharpening stones. But hey, this is all about thriving matters, and and thriving is about doing new stuff and and and, and challenging yourself. But there's also the the sort of resilient side. You know, I, I'm sure many of your listeners talk about that. I know we haven't really talked about that today. I certainly, um, it's you know, being a uh, a founder of a company, you need to be very resilient. You need to have mindset. Um, so you know. I think um, I certainly realized that a long time ago. How do I get myself back into a positive frame of mind? So it's not all about Diamond Globe. Sometimes it's just about those dips. How do you get back? You know, and I, I, I always, you know, work out whatever motivates you. You know, your power song, your, your your power friend to ring, your power mug that you love to drink from. Whatever gets you just 10% cheerier <laughs> will be better for your day, right? Whatever it is. And if it is a bit doom and gloom, you know, I always say to myself, and it's a bit like... Um, you know, my landlady getting me to move uh, or something. I always say, stop and say, hey, hang on a minute. Is this so bad that imagine I have a genie in a bottle, but he only has one wish or she only gives me one wish. Mm. Would I use that one wish on this? If the answer is no, it can't be that bad, mm. right? And that gets me through. I'm like, no, this ain't a genie moment. I can, I can do it then because, right? But, you know, so you need something to to whatever your technique to reframe and give you that confidence. Do you know what? I've been here before. I've been in worse stuff where I've had to use the genie. This ain't it. I know I can get through it. I love it. Genie in the bottle. Everybody likes something that um, we're going to pull out from somewhere that's going to work. It's going to be an answer. I think yeah. that's, that's great. Oh, well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And listeners, if you have two, you know what to do. Everyone who's got a podcast really likes a little bit of love. So to make sure that you don't miss out on sensational guests like Faris, you need to subscribe to Thriving Matters podcast and found on all our all the platforms. Um, but more importantly, we're going to put all of Faris's details in the show notes. And um, but the easiest way to contact him, um, I think, is two three ways: LinkedIn profile. Um, his company website and he's also his email faris at chiaghetto.com it's correct yeah. yeah yeah we're happy there um we're and, happy. and uh and now i really think i should call you frankie from now on but i i think we might just <laughs> so, thank you for for being such a good sport <laughs> and um i just know that uh the reason that we talk to people such as yourself is that Anyone who has their own business, who, who has made some major changes in their life um, and has been deliberate in those, actually knows that there's ups and downs. So your thriving isn't easy every day. But what is easy is how we can get together and we can share the techniques, the tips, the hacks that we've learned to do through some, some uh, lost hours, so, so a little bit of angst, but also through successes. So I just want to say to you all, thanks for being with us today. Tune in. Make sure you don't miss out on the, our next episodes. Um, but just remember, you are precious and your thriving matters. So I'll talk to you again. Frankie, Barris, thank you so much for your company today. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. 